Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 415 of the JV Club with my absolutely phenomenal guest, Ana La Madrid. I wanted to say her name with an accent because I find her name to be absolutely beautiful and I find her personality to be absolutely beautiful. I was on cloud nine after our conversation. Now, Ana and I didn't know each other, so this was definitely one of those just felt great from the start. I just think she's so terrific. So uh, you will see in the show notes uh, information about her live slash streaming show that I strongly encourage you to check out. And we talk a lot more about some of the other amazing things she has going on uh, in the episode to come. So enjoy that. Oh, my buddies. Oh, my sweet, sweet buddies. I also want to, again, just encourage you to email your thoughts and feelings about the JV Club, about me, or even just about, like, the MASH game in general, because I think hopefully you find it to be as much of a joy as I do. You can share your thoughts and feelings with member stories at MaximumFun.org, or you can leave a voicemail. And I've seen a couple roll through for the JV Club, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I sort of screamed, almost like when I see a friend of mine on TV. Like, it's like, ah! So um, if you want me to scream and shriek like a fool, please feel free to leave a message at 323 323- Six zero one eight seven one nine about what this show means to you, what you like about it, uh, anything like that, even something that you want to poke fun at me about in a loving manner, I can take it. Uh, and then we will um, play it back uh, during Max Fun Drive. So that's that. You know it. You'll do it. I love you. Enjoy the episode. I mean, listen, I'm looking at a beautiful picture of you. I have, I glimpsed some very cute glasses. I feel like, and I'm, they're not the same glasses. So we got some real nice glasses going on here. <laughs> well, these are my blue light glasses because I spend a lot of time on the computer. Yeah. So uh, mama had to not lose her sight. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, let me yeah. tell you a little story. Please. <laughs> which will take me, me into my... So when I was in third grade, I begged my mom for glasses. Like, I thought they were the coolest thing ever. And they didn't really believe me. I think looking back, I might have lied on my (laughs) eye test. And I got these, like, beautiful rose-tinted, rose-colored glasses, which I immediately lost the next week. And my mom never got them back (laughs) because she knew I was fronting. I didn't really need glasses. I was going to say, maybe it's for the best if you had to pretend that you could see I know to the to it's just them. one of the things that you was would have like... made yourself sick you probably must you would have had horrible headaches <laughs> I mean it would have been worth it because you would have looked great thank but... you but you know <laughs> it was the beginning of storytelling in my life I knew I was going to be an actor there you go or a con woman so I guess <laughs> it went it worked better than you like and that's when I started selling these um timeshares in Florida <laughs> Um, exactly. <laughs> My pyramid scheme. Well, that's. A, I would like to ask. Um, I mean, this is now. I'm like uh, not accusing you of being a psychopath or anything no, like I that. Could um, be. No, I'm joking. But listen, you could be. We only just met. This could go any number of directions. That seems unlikely. But I'm open to it. I'm ready for it. I respect <laughs> it. 
like, here's the thing for me. I did not enjoy lying. I still don't enjoy it. Like, I am very uncomfortable with confrontation. I'm comfortable with, like, confronting authority. I wish that weren't true. I wish I were super cool. <laughs> um, and I still do things that are in defiance of and disrespect of authority. But I, it's not a, like, that. That isn't that doesn't give me a thrill. Do you know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever achievement I was looking for when I lied as a kid, um, I don't know that I got a thrill from the the actual like oh I, sh- I this is not true the thing I'm saying is not true um but I kind of wish I did did you <laughs> did you have that like well, I mean the utility of the lie was that you wanted glasses was there a con- was there any sort of sense of like oof I'm I'm make- I'm cheating on my uh, eye test right now it's a little bit of a thrill <laughs> I don't I don't think that I got like a thrill out of it and as a matter of fact like I I am and was and have always been very guilt-ridden <laughs> so yeah. I think my, my sister my sister coming from like an immigrant family you know that shit just gets passed down so like I remember here's another lie I told <laughs> bring it um I think I was around 11 or 10 and um I went to the bodega because I used to live in New Jersey so we had a bodega and Uh I stole a Reese's PC cup Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I left I left the bodega and I got to the corner and I was filled with so much guilt of like oh my god I can't believe I stole that I went back to the bodega and looked the guy straight in his eye and told him that my twin sister had stole this Reese's Pieces cup and that I was coming back to return it because what she did was wrong he looked at me like I was insane I was like okay thank you and I never (laughs) went back to that bodega because (laughs) of course I don't have a sister (laughs) But I think I always wanted a twin. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I know why. It wasn't for any kind of good reason, like familial sharing and... Well, I'm the youngest of six, and the two oldest ones, like, right on top of me were brothers. So, like, I wanted a sister that was, like, closer to my age. Yeah. No, I get that. So you're the baby? Yes. Ooh, the baby. (laughs) Um, What's the biggest like what's the sort of range what's the span of how much is how much how much older is your oldest sibling a lot because my mom was uh married at 14 it was different times back then in venezuela this is in venezuela okay yeah so um you know i have a sister that's like eh. My, my mom had me when she was like 31 so there's like a 15 year difference in, you know, 15, 16 yeah. year difference. Oh my God. My mom was still older than your mom when she had me and your mom already had six children. I mean, I think that's, about that sometimes. That's amazing. That really is like, that's kind of a. It's a whole like nother a, generation because I'm like, I'm here struggling with a plant app, trying not to kill my plants. And my mom had four or five babies but you know <laughs> oh, I know it's so, I, I totally agree I totally get it and you know I don't have kids um I guess never say never but I when I, th- I when you get that to that age where just like you're saying I mean like when you get to the age where you are the age that your parent was what like especially your mom I would guess for women but getting to the age that my mom was when she had me I have thought for sure every year since I've thought about at some point or other how old was baby Janet when Marsha was this age <laughs> and it is mind-blowing to me. And if I had a kid the same time she did, it probably would make more sense to me, but because I haven't had that particular responsibility or joy, um 
you know, you mark time differently yeah. when you when you're a parent, I think. And um, it matures you in ways that I, probably not having kids does not mature you. And so I still I like I think I'm, I'm like, I am a child right now. Yeah. How could I ever be raising a kid like I oh, it's so crazy to me. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for mothers. I can't do it, but. You know, oh big ups to them. <laughs> big, big, big ups. And so, and listen, I'm not going to, I don't mean to pry into your mom's life. And of course it was a different time, but was it, so it's, but it was still like she wanted to, or it was like she was 14. She was, she was, she felt ready. You or... know, this is interesting conversation to jump into because, you know, I think the show that I wrote deals a lot with like generational trauma and what we carry and what's narratives mm. and stories we kind of like, inherit and so like my mom grew up in a very like oppressive kind of home with a with a dad that was very like militant in how Mm. he like held a reign for the entire family and I think Mm -hmm. I mean my mom married her first boyfriend ever and her first boyfriend meant that like they went to the movies and they held hands and he like threw Mm. rocks that had messages over the fence so that my mom (sighs) could get it Um, but I think my grandfather saw them walking down the street holding hands and called him into the house and was like are you gonna take this seriously and pretty much like kind of made that happen (laughs) and my mom was like so excited to like just get out of the house that she well sure fled into this other home and you know she's a child what does she know about actually being married and all that stuff so it's just really Mm. interesting um I have so much respect for her because at the end of the day my mom was just surviving you know yeah um, so those are the lessons that she taught me. And then there's a lot of lessons that I had to undo. One question I had, too, and I definitely will want you to talk more about your show and especially how people can see it because it's a live show ish, but it's also streaming. Yeah. Right. So anybody anywhere can see it, which is wonderful. Have how because a lot of the time with with young people who have, I think, immigrant parents, that's was not the case with me and I sort of do come from like you know fairly open parents um but even still I've also been realizing how little I really know about my parents relationship Mm -hmm. or how they I mean I know what went wrong because they divorced so early but um like for example my dad just sent me an email yesterday I think it was yesterday saying um I have now lived in this house um, this exact same house for X number of years, and I and and I will never forget the day I moved in was because it was my mom's house. He ended up she ended up leaving, and he kept the house. and And he was like, you know, it it was literally the day he moved into that house was the day that my parents got married. And you know, he described like you know the little ceremony they had, which ironically was um, a Mormon ceremony because my mom was raised Shut Mormon. Shut up! Yet my I dad was isn't, raised Mormon. No. You are? Oh, we got to dig into this. Oh, we got to dig into this. Oh, my God. All right, keep going. So, keep yeah. Going. So, and my dad was an atheist, so you know what this means. <laughs> um, and that he just did it because he was like, how hard can this be? Like, I love this woman. And this the story that he told is, and my mom has passed away recently, so I oh, feel like I, it's okay to to tell this story. And thank you. Um, it's a weird time in the world. Yeah. Uh, but they... <laughs> They got married in a Mormon ceremony, and then they celebrated later by going and having a drink at, like, the nicest place in Tucson, where I'm from. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, 
I never knew that. You know what I mean? Just that little snapshot of the day that they got married. I had no sense of that. If you had asked me day day before yesterday, when when did your you know what what was your parents' marriage like? You know what was that ceremony like? What did they do that day? Did they go on honeymoon? I would have been like, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and so just hearing that, but also uh, I'm sure you could understand like the irony of it was important to her. You know, you you sort of think maybe like. Oh, this is a thing that you sort of, you know, sometimes like people who are like friends of mine who are Jewish, who sort of kind of observe major holidays or would want to get married in a temple, but don't necessarily, you know, follow the the Torah to the letter or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that's what my dad thought was going to happen, but that's not really how it works mm-hmm. for Mormons. So that was a that was a sign of things to come. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, I'm sure we can do this and drink like, no, no. that's not going to work out. So. So you were too? How funny is that? And when did Mormonism come into your family? Was it? Um, well, I think more, you know, the missionaries went to Venezuela yeah. and they converted yep. my grandmother. And then oh I kind of like just grew up in it. But when my yeah. parents split up when I was 11 or 12, um, they, you know, he defected and then went full on Southern Baptist, which is a whole nother thing. And um, we slowly just, um, I don't think I ever really went back to church after that, you yeah. know. Uh, I was yeah. already a skeptic, you know, because I remember yeah. asking, I don't know if, how entrenched you were in it, but, you know, we used to have those Monday family nights where we would talk about things and they would. Oh, I'm sorry. Family home evening? Yes. <laughs> and they would be like, there's That's three heavens term, and, you know, yes. all this yes. stuff is tiered yes. and depending on how good you are. And I'm like, what? It's so American. Where's this and where's that? And where's Elvis yeah. at? You know, like <laughs> I just yeah. ask all these random questions as a kid. I- I love that you're inquisitive, and I will say it's a fascinating religion for inquisitive children because it's just detailed enough and quintessentially American enough, like exactly what you just described. And I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before with with other former Mormons, but um, uh, but 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 it's like it 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 it's it seems like it's so structured mm-hmm. that there should be answers for everything, and so that's what I think is so hard for for a kid. Because um, I did the same thing. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Did you did you just say if you're in the celestial kingdom, you can visit people who have died who are who aren't as good as you, but they can't come to you, so like they can slum it and come visit you in the lower heavens. But you can't get back up to that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much structure to it. But then at a certain point, it does sort of trail off. All due respect to my family members who still uh, get a tremendous amount of love and faith from, you know, from that religion. And and they've they've they're the kind of Mormons that you hope people will be, which is like very, very kind and charitable. And they don't turn their back on people who aren't Mormon. Nothing. You know, there's nothing like that. Yeah. But um, but for me, it was just like, wait, what do you mean you've you, this is so detailed that to then say like and then the rest, we don't know. Like, it's like, like somebody needs to go dig that, up for some more yeah, of those golden plates. Some more plates. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, if something is an ancient like it's I just feel and I'm again and maybe, you know, you know, I don't know as much about other religions. That's for sure. And there's a ton I don't know or remember about Mormonism. But I feel like there are other more ancient religions where it maybe is like it's the tenets of it are simple enough that you sort of. You don't necessarily like you have so many questions, you don't know where to start and there's no answers anywhere. So it's like that's faith. 
But then if you start getting into the like real nitty gritty of like, and then when you have your own planets, yeah, you know, then you're like, I got a lot of questions about this. <laughs> and then they just sort of fall off a ledge and there's like, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know from there. Right. I mean, that's tough. It It is. And I and for me, you know, I felt that there was such I, I hear you. And like, I totally respect people who get so much out of religion and community and all that stuff. That was just never my experience. And I saw a lot yeah. of duplicity and a lot of like mm-hmm. two facedness. And it's like, here you are talking about being kind. But then <sighs> yeah. underneath it, I see you doing acts that aren't yes. kind and aren't in line yeah. with this religion. So I just never went back to it, you know, like I want to be yeah. a good person because because it's in my integrity to be a good person, not because I want to get yeah. into the VIP of heaven. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like <laughs> behind the velvet ropes. Yeah, like I'm good in uh, that sense. Know. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just it's been an interesting kind of journey because I get such a visceral response from like people who are really adamant about their, you know, like getting on the subway in New York and having the preachers just like come in there and yell about God and hell. And I'm just like, can I just be in this train and meditate for like 10? Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's intense. I mean, I don't know if you've had, have you, have you thought about that too? I feel like you have the brain for this just based on what I know about your show and, and, and all that good stuff. But, um, just like, have you ever felt so strongly about something that you could even feel like, a, you know, empathy is 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 so important to me. Yeah. And I try as much as I can to put myself in other people's shoes. And I often find myself thinking, like, what is it? What's the closest thing for me? Like, probably nothing is going to get me to yell in a subway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what's the sort of closest thing? Do I have that? You know, or was there a point in my life in which I felt so strongly about something that it just felt imperative that I share that with people and try really hard to save them or get them onto? You know what I mean? Do you feel that? Do you do you, do you have you thought about that? Uh, I don't think that I personally have had anything like that. I mean, I always say that art is my religion, but I, mm. I still believe like. And listen, I haven't looked at scriptures in a really long time, but if you believe that you were brought down here as a moral test and that you are supposed to make your own decisions, I find it really, really tough to kind of digest why why some someone would try to like pressure me into this thing. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, let me find right. it on my own. Let me define my own relationship with spirituality or oneness that that doesn't get caught up in this history of like religion at the end of the day is man-made, you know, right. it, it's right. not, it's not pure. So I'm, I just have a really hard time. Like I think about it all the time, you know, especially driving around LA and it's so hot out there and there's somebody holding this huge sign and just standing on the corner. And I'm like, wow, how did you just decide I'm going to stand here for four hours today? Like I don't stand for four hours unless it's brunch and it's better be fucking good. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm not standing in line for anything. And here he is just taking time out of his day to like tell people that it's coming, the end is coming and you better repent, repent, you know? Yeah. I will say I'm glad that I, that, 
I I was raised with less fe- in terms of having to be exposed to a certain religion. Um, like there fear was based? certainly less fear. Yeah, <laughs> certainly really a little leaning more on the side of it's never too late, or you know, kind of um, God does not hate you. He will never hate you. Like at least there's sort of a sense of Acceptance. you know the threat wasn't uh, wasn't as big of a part of the messaging um, as it is maybe in in other religions. Did your did your uh, the rest of your family did they hang on to any of that i know your dad not, became a southern not baptist really my mom was like going to it for a while after they separated but now she's very much like on her own like she's she's very late on this new age kind of stuff so every now and then she'll be like guess what i discovered feng shui and i'm like okay oh, i love it oh, i love <laughs> and it she's like sending me a glass snake and make sure that i have red in the house so you know i feel like she's on her own journey and i mean that's why i just love her so much because she's yeah. seeking all the time but I think she also kind of found that, you know, community wasn't really what it was, what mm-hmm. she, she didn't find that sense of community that most people find with organized religion. So she just yeah. stopped going. Yeah. Um, well, good for her for sort of, you know, realizing that that wasn't, because, you know, sometimes you end up hanging on yeah. to something for a really, really, really long time hoping. I mean, like any relationship, right? There's you sort of think maybe I'll get back to that place that felt like it made sense yeah you know, and I'm really on, grateful that maybe she's never to me. Yeah. she's never like pushed me back to it either yeah. you know okay we're gonna take a break I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun My dear bookworms or wannabe, perhaps soon-to-be bookworms, I am so glad that the JV Club is sponsored in part by Libby. Libby is a free reading app created by Overdrive, and it lets you borrow ebooks and audiobooks from your library on your phone. Come on, tablets, Kindle, computers, it works on all of those. All you need is a valid library card from your library. And even if you don't have a library card currently, you can read samples of any book that you see. And that includes hearing audiobooks, my personal favorite. I don't know why I'm whispering. I don't know that this is a secret. Okay, listen. Libby works just like your physical library. You simply borrow available books, right? You want to read, and then they just return themselves automatically after your loan expires. All you need to do, my sweet, sweet friends, is download Libby in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store to start borrowing and sampling ebooks and audiobooks today. Let's do this. Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close, but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. <gasps> and then watch this rocket blast off into space. Whoa. Ooh. And there's the pies we made you. <gasps> oh. Now, let's show you the podcast. Oh. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Oh. Oh, oh my goodness. 
That was 514 J.D. Power & Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah. I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. And so when did they immigrate here from from Venezuela? Uh, you were born there, right? I was born there. Yeah, I came to yeah. the US when I was 8. So God, I can't remember years now. But <laughs> so they were like, "We got to get you baptized, and then we <laughs> exactly we'll head over. <laughs> we'll head over uh, to the U.S. Everything's gonna yeah. be great, and then the whole family disintegrated. I think oh, there's some boy. times where my mom's like thinks that if we hadn't come to the U.S., maybe the divorce wouldn't have happened. But I think mm. it would have. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's such a it's such a different lifestyle back then. You know, like women don't move out of their homes unless they get married. And I left when I went to college and have never come back to live back home. So I think yeah. there is that sense of like, fam- like all of us are kind of spread around. Like I'm here, my mom's in North Carolina, my other brother's in Switzerland. Like that kind of tight unit that she's used to mm-hmm. is no longer kind of like available here in the U.S. And, you know, I think that that's a big theme in the stuff that I wrote about because being bicultural, you don't belong. In Spanish, it's like, ni de aquí, ni de allá. Like, you don't belong here, Mm -hmm. you don't belong there. And so you're just Mm. kind of always on the precipice of both, but never really feel grounded at any one place. Which is something that many of us can relate to, if not every moment of our lives in certain moments of our lives and you know sometimes from the outside sometimes it's obvious to other people and sometimes it's you know yeah. people people are are shocked <laughs> to know that that was a time in your life where you felt displaced or you felt like you didn't know where you belonged so your mom's in, in North Carolina now but you but you said that you yeah you were in Jersey with a bodega yeah. um, I moved around other a things. Lot. I don't know why I made it I made it sound like that was the one thing you had in New Jersey <laughs> Jersey with a bodega of course nothing uh, else and <laughs> <laughs> and and you moved around a lot? Yeah. Um, I went to five different high schools. Um, Whoa! So uh, once my, my parents split, I went to live with my sister in Germany because her husband was in the military. She was stationed there. So I went there for okay. my ninth grade. And I came back to live with my mom, then went back to live with my sister and split 10th grade. And then I lived with my brother, 11th grade, and then back to my mom for senior year. So... Wow. You can see why I was just like, you know what? I'm going to make my home outside of this. No kidding. And I'm just going to like figure it out. Yeah. That's, I mean, you know, obviously asking you about your teenage years, it's that is definitely a different conversation than, you know, what was your one high school like? Yeah. And, you know, where did you, what, uh, so what is the conversation like when, when you're coming into your about to be in ninth grade and, um, and, you want to be in in Germany I mean had you visited your sister there before did you know what to expect or was it a little bit of a like let's do this I'm I'll find out when I get there I it's interesting I I think I just wanted to get away in some ways you know yeah um we about to get deep, girl. So, um, bring it. You know, like we already. <laughs> everything has been very, very shallow until this point. <laughs> we about to get real deep. Um, so, you know, my mom being married at fourteen, like she never had 
any kind of use. So when they split up, she kind of like was getting back to like, I'm going to go out dancing and going to clubs and this and that. Um, And so I just kind of felt really alone a lot because she would be out working and then she would be out at night and then my dad was kind of in and out but you know not really present as he should have been and my sister had just gone to um, Germany and she was very like lonely and wanted company so my both my brother and I he was uh, he's three years older than me so like we both went to live with her for the year Um, and it was a military base so you know it was all it was american but for the first time like i had my own room you know and it was a really kind of like nice experience to kind of settle into a routine mm-hmm. um and be away from all the drama of like you know my dad being like i need this paperwork from your mom and then i you know you kind of have to be the go between between mm. these people that are just trying to figure out their lives and you're too young sure. to like realize that they're just human yeah absolutely um, so it was it was a nice break you know but then trauma happens everywhere <laughs> Indeed, it does. (laughs) My sister ended up like having marital problems and, you know, fighting. And so then I came back to my mom. So it it was just like I had a very chaotic kind of childhood Mm -hmm. and no stability. So that's always just kind of been like my beacon. It's like I just you just have to rely on yourself. Yeah. And what does that look like for a kid your age, you know, going through the, the, the teen years, which are fraught and which are, you know, again, coming back to your show, which will you just tell people really quickly what the title of your show is and like the, your theater company, just so that it's yeah, in the context so sure. that when we come back to it at the end, it'll m- make sense. Uh, the show is called The Oxy Complex. It's produced by I Am A Theater and it basically takes place on the 500th day of quarantine and the character is suffering from insomnia and kind of goes back in time and thinks about all of the trauma that she has had in her life and hopefully to heal and have a better future. But it brings in a lot of the science of um, how oxytocin has been affected by modern dating, app dating. And I love it. It's causing a lot of like anxiety and stress especially with women who kind of fault themselves for being single in a lot of ways like we aren't enough and I wanted to break that down for people and let them know that no there's actually science behind it and there's nurturing behind it and there's nothing really wrong with us it's just you know when you have the pressure of your mom being like why aren't you in a relationship by now and it's like well Mm -hmm. it was different when you were 14 and somebody threw rocks at your window with messages like that's just not (laughs) how it is these days right yeah Yes, indeed. Well, I, the reason I brought that up is because of the the oxy complex, the, the oxytocin uh, connection. Which just thinking about, you know, you your ability to kind of put the science into cultural context and vice versa. You know, here you are as a teenager when just by virtue of what your physiology is doing, things are heavier and harder and the highs are so much higher, Mm -hmm. can be. The lows seem certainly consistently to be way lower um, just because your hormones are all over the place. Uh, And so the idea of having, you know, those those folks who whom I've 
to whom I've spoken. Wow, my dad's an English teacher. That felt like <laughs> really like that's what it looks like on the page, Janet. No one talks like that. Um, but, you know, to have those more uh, nomadic experiences as teenagers, um, maybe it's a great time to do it because things are chaotic in your heart and your mind, no matter whether you're totally grounded or you are floating around in space. Um, but it seems like a lot, you know, like you said, to have to anchor to yourself Um what what did that look like for you? Were you journaling? Were you, you know, how did you kind of serve as your own anchor? I think I was just in survival mode and mm. um, you just kind of hunker down and deal with whatever the next thing that you have to do. So oddly enough, I was a really good student. So I graduated with honors and every time I would go to a school, they would figure out that I was smart and then I would get into the gifted class and then I would move to a different school. So it's interesting because some of the research that I found while I was doing uh, the show was um, oxytocin affects your body differently depending on your attachment style. And if it's insecure, you tend to have more anxiety, more fear, more jealousy. And, you know, being shuffled from house to house, obviously I have an insecure attachment style. So Hmm. it, it definitely explains a lot of the anxiety that I've had throughout my life and this fear of like, I have to achieve, I have to do that because you're constantly like just working towards not feeling that again, that abandonment again, you know? Um, So it's just been really healing to like name it and be able to understand it because I feel like that's the first step to like forgiving. Like in some ways I'm so grateful to my younger self because she survived. She was resilient. She like, hunkered down and did what she needed to do but sometimes those things you outgrow but you don't know that you've outgrown them and then they become harmful and I feel like Mm. you're at I'm at that precipice and quarantine just really helped to bring that fully into the light you know Mm -hmm. because it's like oh I don't have the distraction of like going to a theater show or hanging out with my friends you're just kind of left alone with being like who am I and how did I get here <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean that I, the idea of of it sort of being an imposed meditation is really fascinating. And it's like a worldwide imp- imposed meditation, yeah. you know? I really feel like you know, we want to get into spirituality, but like it is a calling. Like we've been called to go in go deep inside. And mm. you know, some of us haven't been able to, you know, like the healthcare workers have just been out there doing that but for the majority of us we've had a lot of time so with this show I'm just I'm hoping to crack open a seed for like self-awareness and forgiveness I think that's absolutely wonderful um and also make you laugh (laughs) I don't have any I have no fear of that I have no fear of that um and and then to just pull back and and this is maybe a little lighter uh side of all of it but um, <laughs> you know, when you talked about being in Germany for your freshman year, I thought about when I was a junior in high school and um, I was a French exchange student just for like not even like it wasn't a full year. But when I got there, my one of my host sisters had like a ton of new kids on the block stuff oh, all yeah. over walls. And it was long past new kids <laughs> on the block in America, like long past. <laughs> 
And I was so fascinated by that because it was pre-internet. And so, you know, it, there just wasn't the immediacy um, the way that there is now in, in many ways. And obviously there are still things that like people finally, you know, we finally got friends here in Belgium or whatever. So um, but, you know, I, and so I wonder how, because it, that can that can seem to matter, right, in high school, if you're bopping around, you know, you came back to the States. Like, did you feel a sense of disconnectedness in that kind of more superficial way as well? Like, oh, people are talking about bands I've never heard of or people, you know what I mean? Like, was that a thing or? No, I felt more like, um, I mean, every year for me was kind of catching up. Because as soon as mm. I would get kind of settled into the community of like whatever high school I was currently at, the next year it would shift. So I don't think that I, I think I used humor in, in a way to like ingratiate people towards me. Um, sure. Because otherwise there is no way that I could catch up to what was trending, <laughs> you know, right. Right. Um, <laughs> because every school it's like its own ecosystem. What's yeah, cool in one point. school is not cool in another school. Yeah. That's kind of nice, too, though. I mean, I think, you know, again, you're not getting so um, enmeshed or, you know, you're, you're, you're not breathing the same air for long enough that perhaps there is a gift to seeing that, like, oh, this isn't even consistent from one school to the other. So is there maybe a freedom in that? Not, maybe not that you feel at the time, or maybe you do feel at the time, but is there a freedom to, like, oh, this is all arbitrary? I think I, <laughs> I didn't realize it back then, because, again, I was just like, got to get through this. Um, yeah. But I, looking back, I mean, I think it definitely made me a better actor. I was, I was observing a lot. You know, I was taking in yeah. different people, dif- different, you know, clicks and and molding myself to try to fit into one and then going to another school and then finding myself in a different click so um I became a chameleon in that way sure um and so that's certainly a gift that I don't know that I would have had that if I would have been in the same place you know for 10 years so sometimes I think about like oh man I wonder what it would have been like just to have like stability you know I've met friends who are like went have the same elementary school friends and then graduated high school and I'm like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but then I don't know I don't know like how I would have turned out you know so I'm I'm yeah. grateful for it yeah and did you did you dabble in dating uh during all of this or was that something that kind of came later did in college I dabble or? in dating um <laughs> let's just say I was kind of and still am sort of nerdy so I was a light bloomer definitely I remember when I was in Germany I had this crush the guy used to live across the street we had these like high-rise buildings and I would just like watch him on the porch patio like all the time (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like it was made for that I mean that's gotta be tough you're in a two you're in side by side high risers, like, yeah. mm, and I that's... was just like, oh. And then literally, like the week before I was gonna ship back out, like I guess it came out that I liked him, and 
I had my like first kiss in the basement hallway of one of the buildings and he was the worst kisser ever it was just so much spit I was like ew 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 those spitty ones Ugh. early on could they could really turn you off of kissing forever yeah if you're I was not I was like careful I'm so glad this never went anywhere um <laughs> what if you're like of course he wanted me to stay so I <laughs> I'm changing my trip no I got married no. I was happy to leave after that yeah <laughs> Again, the freedom of like, well, this is a bad kiss and I owe nothing to this exchange. (laughs) I am totally gone. And I will never literally have to see you again. Uh, But you did, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice way to come into, I mean, I would imagine a nicer way to come into a school, um, having it be discovered that you're sort of ahead of the curve than coming in and, you know, sort of losing time because of all the switching around and feeling like you're catching, you're trying to catch up in that way. I mean, that's that's very cool that through all of that, that you still excelled as much as you did. Thank you. I don't, I, yeah, I'm grateful for that. Because <laughs> sometimes I'm like, this could have gone another way. You know what I mean? I do. Did you, you talked about it being, kind of a cool tool uh as an actor did you was that one of the various clicks that you ended up in did you sort of start discovering that early I I did um my junior year I um was in a play um but it wasn't it wasn't something that I got to do a lot because after school activities wasn't something that like I had the freedom to do all of the time Mm. um but it just definitely in it it helped me develop like a language of understanding people that I didn't realize was going to be so useful until I could I started really getting into the craft of acting. But, you know, mm. in North Carolina, there weren't a lot of Latinos uh, or Latinx people when I was there growing up. And so. A lot of people thought I was either a white girl or some people thought I was a light-skinned black girl. And I would, and, and it's just like the vernacular I could very easily pick up. So I, I code switch all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a survival tool, you know, like I can be down with anybody. And then I could also like, hey, I'm in an interview and I'm here, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So it just, it just depends. And I don't, again, I don't know that I would have had those kind of skills. And also like as an immigrant, you have to code switch, right? There are a lot of times where I speak Spanish fluently, but sometimes it feels like dangerous or, you know, you don't, so Mm. you're like sussing, like, is this someone that I can reveal that to? Because I don't necessarily Mm. always look Latina. So some people assume that I'm something else. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's just always been like a survival tactic. Let me come back to this and I I could be wading into something here and I, I'm trying, I think that happens to me a lot of my podcasts and I'm just trying to always, um, (laughs) come at things from a sincere, authentic, like heartfelt way. Um, but, but you just, you know, you said Latino and then you said Latinx. Um, how is that part, like because you have you know you again your family immigrated like what are the is there are there different conversations about that vernacular 
that are happening with different generations of uh, Latinx or Latina Latino. I I, I mean, look, look, I'm a white girl. <laughs> I'm from Tucson. You know, my first six years of, of school, I was taught bilingually in English, Spanish. Nice. And then I made the mistake of starting to take French because my mom was a f- French teacher. Um, and then all the f- Spanish was replaced by French because they're very similar. <laughs> so they like unfortunately now if someone's speaking to me in Spanish I open my mouth having understood what they said <laughs> if I'm lucky and all I can think of is French words it's really annoying and I I feel like I need to erase some of that and get back to the language that actually is useful and meaningful <laughs> in Los Angeles but um but I've had but but like so so I defer to that community and and all of the wonderful people I grew up with and like I will say whatever someone wants me to say you know what I mean like but because I never want to feel like I'm I'm the great white, you know, PC savior coming in and telling another community how they should be named. Um, at the same time, obviously, like there's a lot of sexism that happens in a, a lot of different cultures. And so I would love your thoughts on that. And, and you know, again, I don't mean this to be like uncomfortable territory. Um, I just want to I just want to be the best version of myself I can. Yeah, for sure. And and, and I, I, I find myself having questions about that because. Um, because I do hear it said so many different ways by so many different um, people who uh, have who are Latinx. Well, I think it's something that the Latinx community is contending with. You know, I'm not I haven't talked to my mom about that. Like she's so far removed from it. I, you, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not. No, mommy, yeah. it's Latinx. Um, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it is a gendered language. So. Yeah. Um, I think as a community, we're contending whether that's something that's all inclusive and what does that mean? And, you know, people are throwing out the X, they're throwing out the A. So it's it's kind of all over the place. And I think it just depends. Like for me, when I talk about um, in general, then I try to use the Latinx. But what I've been seeing a lot in breakdowns, it's like a Latina woman is a Latina woman. If they identify as women, it's female, right? So when I see a Latinx woman, I'm like, well, that's not right. Like, shouldn't it be Latina? Um, Right. So the breakdowns are kind of getting confusing to me. Um, But I think we're all just finding our way because at the end of the day, it is about inclusivity. It is about trying to find a way to, like, include um, non-binary folks into our language. And I absolutely respect that, you know, some habits die hard and every now and then Latino will come out when I mean to say Latinx um right but I absolutely support it because language is powerful you know and it's so I love that I love that in um patriarchy and misogyny and we're dismantling all those things and that's great but it it does take time and until then I just kind of ask you know I again I observe and then I follow suit right like I'm not married to anything but whatever makes somebody feel comfortable then then that's what I'm going to use I absolutely love that and and I and thank you for for digging into that with me and you're right of course I shouldn't I I I skimmed over the most or certainly one of the most (laughs) important purposes of Latinx which is of course gender and and identity and and non-binary uh identification all that kind of stuff it like is so so important everybody on the podcast already knows <laughs> my the closest thing i have to a brother is is my cousin julian who is trans and and um and 
like my hero and just the most kind, wonderful person in the world. And yeah, I, I, lo- I love everything you said. I love that. I, it's so important to remember how powerful language is. And I think the thing that we that that people bristle at now or at least that makes us insecure i mean i already said i hate angering people i hate confrontation i hate like when uh, people crack down on me about something um and so i think uh what i don't want is for people to feel like they can't have these conversations because the internet will tell them that they're racist or the internet will tell them that they're sexist or the internet will tell them that they're too fearful like i i also don't go on social media to talk about this stuff right. <laughs> because it doesn't feel like the right place. Um, but I want, I just feel like I don't want it, everything to devolve into anger and blame. And I know there's so much pain in the world. I have plenty of my own yeah. as well. Um, but I don't want, I don't want to add to anyone's pain, nor do I want to signal to someone that they should take their pain out on another person. Um I think who might just be trying to do the right thing or to learn or do you know what I mean? It's just hard right now. It's just hard. And my heart breaks for kind of everyone. (laughs) It's hard to navigate because, uh, you know, I understand both sides of it. But I think, yes, part of it is um, your relationship with that specific person and whether they feel comfortable kind of opening that up for discussion because a lot of the things with you know people of color is like we don't want to have the burden to teach you of course but that's but that's a person by person basis right so like somebody who you're really close with might be like yeah ask me anything and somebody else might be like you know what boo there's google so absolutely absolutely it depends like there's no there's no clear-cut answer for any of this and the only thing that i can think of is like at least the questions are being asked and that there is a striving towards um, ch- changing what's considered, has been considered the norm for so long. Yeah. And yeah, and, absolutely. and that's great. It's going to be bumpy. People will make mistakes and we have to be gracious and patient and continue moving forward with like the goals as a collective. But, uh, you know, I, I don't always subscribe to like, let's cancel so-and-so, you know. Right. Um, Because there's I mean, one of the things that I do for fun is like try to watch 80s movies and see how they hold up. Spoiler alert. (laughs) None of them hardly ever hold up. So it's like it's rough. (laughs) It's really rough. So, you know, that's just like, thank God we're changing. But also it's hard to uh, get some people to see that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that. And then I promise we'll come back to you and we'll get into this mash game which will be fun and light and whimsy but I was thinking I was talking about um something akin to this uh the other day because there you know because there have been like there you know the the New York Times I believe it was did that sort of um one-off like Britney Spears kind of documentary Mm -hmm. about you know freeing her from the the relation the business relationship that she's in with her familiar relationships and um you know the Monica Lewinsky stuff and sort of cringing back on the kinds of jokes that were being made on late night television not to say that there aren't still plenty of jokes being made on late late television that you're like wow really that's your take on it cool um but you know to look back and think like you know 
I think especially for young, for like very young people, because I was this way too. I was aghast at things that, you know, were okay when my parents were teenagers, that by the time the culture and, 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 you know, had sort of progressed to where it was when I was a teenager, I was like, I would never have thought that it would be okay to X, Y, Z. And it's so it's really interesting to look back on that and think like, you know, there were people laughing at those jokes about Monica Lewinsky who would never, ever have said they were sexist, who would, I mean, they themselves, yeah. like, I'm laughing at this joke, we're making fun of this, but like, of course I'm a feminist. Monica is her own woman, and she made the decision she made because she is a woman, and women are free to make those, tro- like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the whole lens through which you look at something um, that, you know, that, that people would be like, but no, 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 I don't, you know, at the time, laughing at something didn't translate into what we now would think of as anti-feminist or anti-female or um, part of patriot. You know what I mean? And so I think that's what that's another thing that's so interesting about it is uh, the longer you live, the more you understand like how things evolve and how outrageous it seems to you when you're younger. And then as, you know, universe willing we get better and better at some stuff at least yeah. uh that 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 we all are going to have those moments like if we're doing the right thing as a as a species we all will have moments somewhere in our life where we go i cannot believe i laughed at that or i wow we've come a long way in a different direction because at one point someone told me that this was what it meant to be pc or whatever you know um no yeah and I, that's it's fascinating i watched that britney spears documentary and i was it was gut-wrenching to look back because we all saw it kind of unfold and just labeled it crazy but then to hear the amount of pressure that she was yeah. in and how she was trying to cope with it and that there were no real coping mechanisms or nobody really talked about therapy like that you know what i mean like yeah. so uh, this is this also ties into the oxy complex because i feel like in a lot of ways this is where the forgiveness part that for us comes right like um there's a lot of internalized misogyny and patriarchy that we've kind of taken on and so like I I look back at some of the things that I was doing to myself in my 20s and I was like well that's what it was supposed to be and then seeing it through the lens of me too and being like wait was I assaulted do you know what I mean and 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 you're trying to reconcile what that is because now there's a different lens that actually centers and puts you in a place of like importance which wasn't our experience so you kind of have to forgive that part of yourself that was making choices without knowing like what was actually good for you or where could you make a boundary because as women we weren't really allowed to yeah so oh you're so wonderful (laughs) this is really This is one of those gems of a conversation where I'm like, ooh, I didn't know what I was going to get into. I had a good feeling based on like a, the little that I knew. Um, but the but but like this is I'm getting oh, this is great. This is good. This is this has been I feel very um, my synapses are firing yes. in a way that and but but also like all my empathy uh, synapses are all that uh, all the oxytocin <laughs> that you can get from a computer. <laughs> from the computer and some airwaves and some uh the connection with a person that you can have when you're not in the same room um, i know i'm like are you my twin like we're both mormons we both did this <laughs> i did steal and i did not feel guilt about it so i am your twin and i would not have let myself take that reese's peanut butter cup back <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. Hey, Jay Keith. Hey, Helen. Hey, you've got another true-false quiz for me? Yep. Our trivia podcast, Go Fact Yourself, used to be in front of a live audience. True. Turns out that's not so safe anymore. Correct. Next. Unfortunately, this means we can no longer record the show. False. The show still comes out every first and third Friday of the month. Correct. Finally, we still have great celebrity guests answering trivia about things they love on every episode of Go Fact Yourself. Definitely true. And for bonus points, name some of them. Recently, we've had uh, Ophira Eisenberg, plus tons of surprise experts like Yardley Smith and Suzanne Summers. Perfect score. Woo-hoo. You can hear Go Fact Yourself every first and third Friday of the month with all the great guests and trivia that we've always had. And if you don't listen, well, then you can go fact yourself. That's the name of our podcast. Correct. Woo-hoo. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's get into this MASH game. Let's celebrate some stuff uh, that we are going to create in this little fanciful alternate universe um, that is basically the mental equivalent of just like eating a bunch of candy (laughs) on a couch. But still, Um, let's start with let's do... You know what? Let's get some traveling out of the way because you've done so much of it and we'll see what your answers are. Let's do three places in the world, whether you've been there or not, that you think you would like to have a second home. Um, and we can almost like teleport you there. Mm. Um, I have been wanting to go to Spain for a really long time. I don't know where, but, you know, my last name is La Madrid. So I know I have ancestry that came from there. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just always been like a calling. So I would definitely would think about that. It's so funny. My Great. brother and I were talking about this yesterday because I'm like, oh, wow. where do I want to live? <laughs> um, I, I, we talked about Paris, but then we were like, it looks cute, but is it cute? Do you know what I mean? Like, we don't know what's going on over there. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Even just like when you get when you're reminded of the amount of city that exists outside of like old, old tourist Paris is like mind blowing, mind blowing that it's like there's just so much of it that you never you would never you would never see unless you had family there or unless you had a job there. You just wouldn't be in the financial district. You know exactly. what I mean? You would I just would not ever be there. It's a whole other world. Um, maybe Costa Rica. Right. That being said, I probably still would live in Paris, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> uh, okay, Spain, Costa Rica, and what's your third? Uh, let's say Paris. Yeah, all right. Let's get it back in there. I mean, I also took French. I said all of that, but... No, I took I know. French see, in uh, high school because I oh, wanted see. to learn French. And okay, I still... so do you disagree with me that there's a lot of crossover with, uh, especially just with the romance Yeah, there is a little and, bit. And like verbs and stuff? For sure. <sighs> and so I thought I would learn it faster, but no. <laughs> <I just don't>. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, great. All right, next category. Let us do... Three movies that you can jump into and just be in. You're not reliving the plot. You're just sort of getting to be in, immersed in that world. Oh, like they're my favorite movies? Um, uh, Yeah. I mean, unless, you know, unless you have, like, there might be a favorite movie of yours, like, you know, 
I'm trying to think of like a horrifying like you know like oh I love 28 Days Later as a movie it's so fun to watch but I wouldn't want to be in there with zombies oh gotcha um, gotcha gotcha you know what I mean but like it so so it could be that you're like you know I wouldn't say Legally Blonde is my favorite movie but for some reason I'd love to just like hang out with it you know what I mean so don't feel pressure to make it your favorite movie it's just off the top of your head like kind of what sort of calls out to you right now I mean I talk about this in the show but Spaceballs was and still is one of my favorite <laughs> movies great and if I could just be in a room with Rick Moranis <laughs> fantastic <laughs> fantastic um Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind yes. is cool it's a wonderful I think wonderful I would movie. love to s- just jump into somebody's brain yeah that's such a great movie um gosh I want something fun you want something less emotionally taxing than Spaceballs. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I have the world to worry about with that one. <laughs> like, it was like the, uh, the Babysitter's Club or something. Yeah. You know, let's just say that one because I did read the books when I was little. Great, great, great. Okay. All right. Let's do uh, three romances. It can be any person, any time, any character from a book or a comic or a movie or... Uh, whatever you want. Um, three people that you have this uh, that you could have, uh, and it, listen, it could be a whirlwind romance. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not committing you to this person for your, the rest of your alternate universe life. Um, so three people that pop into your head. I mean, like the first one romance. is gonna have to be Ryan Gosling. I'm sorry, three. I still love him, even though he married Ava Mendes. Um, my students. <laughs> When I was teaching in grad school, my students made like a little collage of me holding hands and they like pasted my face over Eva Mendes. <laughs> and I still have it to this day. Um, who else? Ooh, who's that guy that plays Noah on The Handmaid's Tale? Oh, oh, uh, uh, you know, you know, Max, what I'm about. is it Max uh, Mangella? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that right? I heart him a lot. And I'm scared that his first name isn't Max. It might not but be. But it is he is a Mingella. He is a Mingella. Is he? I'll look him up yeah. right now. You know, I'm in front of my computer. Thank you. Um <laughs> yeah. who else do I I mean, I just have so many crushes on people. <laughs> um Oscar Isaac. Yeah, great also in a relation they're all in a relation you know i feel like they all have i mean the the thing that i would say in, unifies them in my head is they have very soulful eyes all three of they them do. They, say, they say a lot they say a lot with their eyes it is max you're um, right and nice. he plays nick not okay, noah good. so i was oh, the one okay. who was wrong i'm sorry well, max listen i couldn't think of an i couldn't think of a noah character so i just assumed you were talking mm. about the one character i thought you might be talking you about <laughs> I also was drawing, so I was I was jumping to some conclusions there. Um, okay, three foods that in this alternate universe that we are creating, they, there's no ramifications, no repercussions to eating as much as you want of it, even if it's rare. It could be like all sushi is safe sushi. It could be, you know, beef is not really beef, so a cow doesn't die. It could be uh, I can eat six bags of Oreos and I'll never feel sick. Um, it could be I had this one thing in this one place this one time or, you know, my grandma used to make this thing. Um, anything like that, we're going to give three things to you to that that one of which you'll end up with that, that you can have and there's just no no ramifications i spend so much time describing that only because i'm clearly like relishing it <laughs> like, um my mom really makes these um 
Do you know what arepas are? Oh, yes. So uh, she makes sweet ones that are fried. And then we put yes. cheese inside. Oh, and yes, indeed. I haven't seen them. Like, I go to arepas places here, but I haven't seen the fried version here. So I haven't either. I think the last time I encountered uh, one that was that was more fried was like in Austin or something. Oh, really? Hmm. Um, but I don't think I don't. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's got to be a place here. But they put like my mom puts a little bit of sugar in it, a little bit yeah. of anise. It's really good. Oh, anise. That sounds so good. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, um, love it. Pancakes are always on the table. Great. And how do you feel about waffles? Uh, I'm still a fan, but some waffles are weird. It depends because mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. it when it's too crunchy. Yeah, I feel I feel like a perfect waffle to me is better than a perfect pancake. But I would say I more consistently get great pancakes exactly. places. You can't and, really mess and, it up. And yeah, and I'm scared when I get a waffle that it's going to be cardboard. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, great pancakes. Love it. Uh, tikka masala is also on the table. Oh my god! Yes. Give me that cream. <laughs> Give me that cream. With that cheese naan. Oh, mysey, mysey. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, next category, let's do three. Let's do three artists that you could collaborate with. And that could mean, you know, um, somebody design like, so, like, like some amazing artist, like Frida Kahlo designs the backdrop for a one person show. But it could also be that you write a one person show with, you know, Socrates, that's a really bad example. Um, you know what I mean? So it could be, or someone does the music, or you write an album with someone. So every piece of art is on the table, however you want that collaboration to exist. Maya Rudolph is in my vision board. Fantastic. Um, I want you to get, I, I want, want you Janet to get Jackson. a picture. Oh, great. I want you. I was gonna say I want you to get a picture of Maya Rudolph and P.T. Anderson, and then cut P.T. Anderson's head out and, <laughs> and put, put your my face head on out. his body. <laughs> um, Wonderful. Yeah, Janet Jackson can choreograph a dance number for anything yes. that I might do. Wonderful. Um, I love like Wes Anderson's like visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So for him to like, I would want to direct, but like, I just want him to be my yeah. DP. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's perfect. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, okay, great. Next category, let's do three places and time that you would like to visit. Now, you're in a safety bubble, so you can, you know, bear witness to something that, like, kind of solves a mystery for you or for the world, uh, or you can, you know, just go to the 20s and flap around. Um, it's totally up to you for as long or as, as short a period of time as you want to go. But those three places in time uh, that you would love to see. When I was in undergrad, we took like a, I took a Latin America and like course, like the indigenous time. And I just felt such a calling to that era that Mm. I would really love to see like what these lands were like before it was colonized. Yeah. Um, so sort of the call, like the like pre-colonized West, yeah, like or like South, or South, like South. Latin America, yeah. like you great, know, great, great. there were all these different temples and societies and all that stuff. I it just know, feels stunning, um, so wonderful, incredible, incredibly rich history that I just wish I would be able to see. <laughs> I love it. Um, let's see. 
Sorry, when you said these lands, that's why I got confused. Yeah. Not to not to make anyone think that I've confused <laughs> South America with North America. <laughs> um, the 1940s seems interesting to mm-hmm. me. I'm not quite sure why, because I feel like there was a lot of hardship happening during that time. Well, like post-war, when everybody's sort of taking a giant breath. Um, yeah, maybe there. And I the think it's just like the fashion of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think about you know the gloves and the you know and the pantyhose with the line it's just or maybe that's mad men i don't know but that whole (laughs) without the patriarchy and misogyny i would i would like to experience that yeah i think that's great um god i'm scared of the future (laughs) but i I am interested to know like do we make it out okay or do we have to go to mars yeah let's find out let's find out that's fine. That's very brave. I think that's great. Okay, great. Um, okay, you did make me want to explore this further because I love what you said about the um, pantyhose with the line down the back. That's a very specific reference, <laughs> which causes me to think perhaps you'll enjoy this category. If not, I guess we could chunk it. But three styles from any time and anywhere in the world. Everything is the same level of comfort no matter what it looks like. So a, a, a corset if that's sexy to you is feels exactly the same as wearing sweatpants um and it's all you know empowered to feel however to make you feel however you want it to feel but three styles so it could be like you know of a a male french soldier in (laughs) in their revolution or it could be you know what i'm saying but i loved your specificity and um and i do love the idea of being able to like walk around in something that i would never be accepted walking around in but it's just like but but in this alternate universe no one looks. It's great. It's just great. Um, I love the the pencil skirt like look. Yeah. I think that's why I said forties because it's got like the little tight top with the belt and this. You know, my mom's yeah. a seamstress, so I grew up watching her make tons of clothes. Oh, that's so cool. Um, I don't know. Like Marie Antoinette times seems kind of Agreed. interesting. If it wasn't so heavy. Yeah. Um, and like the saris in India are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, just the reverence for fabric and textiles and color mm-hmm. and oh, stunning, stunning, stunning. Um, agreed. Love it. Okay. Final category. Let's do three alternate universe it's not necessarily a job unless you want it to be. Let's put it this way. So it could be that you're a politician in this other world, but it could also be just that you own a business, you know, so you're not, you're, you haven't, you haven't given up what you're doing in this world. You just, by the way, also own a restaurant. Uh, right. But all the work is done for you <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so either way, but three alternate universe jobs. And let's assume the best about whatever they are. Ooh, let's see. A baker. Like... I make desserts. Oh, great. Um, I mean, I guess a therapist. <laughs> don't apologize. <laughs> if I don't, if I, yeah. if for whatever reason. I'm telling you, you'd be amazing. Yeah, so like if I, if I had like coping face. mechanisms where I didn't feel, because I'm also like really empathetic. Like if I know, if I, could, I would take every person's yeah, problem. Yeah, I would be like, me, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Um, and let's see. See, ooh, I would love to be like an astrologer, you know, oh, like I amazing. read astrology charts for people. Great. Also a type of therapist could be argued in That's a true. different That's true. fun way. 
I love it. Um, okay, let me ask you this final question. Um, what if you could have anything for dinner tonight? What would the sort of main foundation of that that meal be? Anything? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I mean, I have a terrible <clears throat> sweet tooth. Like, I'll eat pancakes for dinner if you let me. Okay. You want me to add put pancake? Okay. I mean, let's let's switch it up and have like okay. strawberry whipped cream pancake. <laughs> Whoa! Okay, this is going to be fascinating. Hold on just a second. Because this is the number that I'm going to be using. Oh, really? That's so funny. And so maybe I better just use pancakes. I was going to get out of control. I just wrote the entirety of strawberry whipped cream pancakes, and I got a little sad uh, (laughs) for the number's sake. Okay. Okay. Will you now, let's revisit all the ways in which people can follow you, can see the play, can learn about you and uh, celebrate how awesome you are further and beyond this podcast episode. Oh, thank you. Um, You can watch the Oxy Complex at um, go to iamatheater.com to purchase a ticket, or you can purchase it on my website, anna-lamadrid.com. It's running till April 18th. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Anna Lamadrid. I'm also an audition coach, and I have a self-tape studio, so that's at put me on self-tape. Um, so, you know, I'm busy out here in these streets. <laughs> Uh, the self-tape thing, by the way, when I saw that, I thought, what a great thing to offer up to people because it really is yeah. uh, like a whole other world. It's a whole other world. And um, me and Alicia started a membership platform uh, in March called The New Triple Threat, where we're building courses that are going to level up people's tech skills and teach them more about the business and the craft because I feel like everything's changing and we have to keep up. So yes, um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. And we want to keep the price down because I feel like so many people are being priced out of this industry. Yes, So um, it's really important to me. And I'm also offering a BIPOC scholarship. So I'm giving um, six BIPOC actors a one-year membership free. Oh, I love it. Of course you are. That's (laughs) fabulous. So um, if you go to Instagram at at putmeonselftape, um, there's a post there, and you can enter it there. And then I'm going to be announcing the winners on May 1st. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that community. It's, it's really helped me kind of stay sane, um, when you're in the service of others during this time. And I I really love the community. People are just, you know, it's, it's uplifting. Oh, that's great. Gosh. Could I, I can't listen. Look, I like you so much. I just said, gosh, are you, let's be friends. What was the last? We're friends. Oh, we're friends. But I cannot tell you the last time I just went, oh, gosh. (laughs) That was very very sincere. Very sincere gosh on my part. I'll reach out. I mean, listen, I don't have to get into this. Please do. Um, Because I cannot tell you what makes my heart sink more than getting an audition. And that is not how you should feel. Oh, I know. And now we're getting like these 24 hour turnaround times. Yeah. Here's 12 pages. Put yourself on tape. Here are the requirements for the tech. Good luck. Yeah. No, I just, just like, did a oh, freebie God. video for people teaching them how to use a teleprompter. 
No, that's great. So that's great. What a great idea. I'll send okay. that to you too. This is fantastic. Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> All right. Let me tell you what else is fantastic. And that is this crazy alternate universe mash that we are looking at right here. Um, I feel like we got a lot of things represented here. It's a very um, smorgasbord of great stuff that, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like things are a little narrow because they because they all sort of fit into one like, oh, remember how you want to go to France? And then you said a bunch of other French things that you liked. Well, it's a very French themed results. But this, I feel, is a little of everything. And that feels right. <laughs> so... First of all, I want to congratulate you on uh, your fantastic work as a therapist. Thank you. Because I know that that takes a lot of time and effort and a lot of energy. Um, and so when you do uh, go to your apartment in Spain yes. to just l- just let your hair down, just make it about you and relaxing. And, you know, listen... Maybe even that is too real world and you just want to slip into something that's just fun and silly. And I, I want you to know that you could pop in to the babysitter's club whenever you want. And that is the level of stakes that you're playing at. So that is uh, another wonderful piece. Um, I want you to rest assured you can have unlimited pancakes whenever, wherever including sharing with your romantic partner Noah aka Nick yes. himself Max Mingella 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 right Mingella um I mean I think I said it right the first time and then I started questioning <laughs> myself um I also am very excited I think you are going to rock rock this very posh and poised and fabulous look from the 1940s yet staying incredibly comfortable the entire time because it's sort of magical in that way um there's a timelessness about that outfit i have to believe that even when you dip into the future of 2045 (laughs) to see what i can only assume is a utopia uh you will be very well received even in the ensemble that you are sporting um speaking of sporty ensembles uh who that that they somehow managed to make them look comfortable even as they're dancing the night away ms janet jackson herself thank you is going to be collaborating with you on a future project on a future artistic endeavor fantastic this is i love this new life and that's and that is that is your new life (laughs) in the alternate universe (laughs) that we've created (laughs) take me there janet I mean, listen, this has been a pleasure and a joy. I can't say how much. Uh, I am excited for you to keep me posted about your goings on and about the uh, put myself on tape. Sure. Will do. And um, everybody listening, I hope you've enjoyed this as much as I have. I mean, I hope you've enjoyed it 50% as much as I have. I hope that at least once today you think about it and go, oh, gosh. Uh <laughs> I will talk to you all next time on the podcast. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.